Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Gladius, Planetfall, ISG, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's good to be here. How was your week? <sighs> very, very busy, but good. Good. This uh, busy, but good. Lots of, you know, it's summer vacation, doing stuff with the kids, with wife, everybody. So good stuff. Really good stuff. How about Excellent. yours? Uh, this was the last relaxing weekend I'm going to get, or week that I'm going to get for a while. So things start picking up for me. That, well, this coming week, which is when everybody will be listening to this, so I'll be pretty busy this coming come? week. Uh, it's just that time of the year for me. This is when business picks up. Mm. So uh, that's where we're starting. You know, summer is more than half over. We're, we're starting to gear up for fall. So mm. here we are, and that's kind of where I am. So I had a great week. I just took it easy, relaxed, did a lot of fun things with the family. And really, really enjoyed that. So it was a good capstone to the slower months. Gotcha. Very nice. All right. Well, I think it's time that we just dive in today. Awesome. So why don't we why don't we begin with our first news item, which is um, we had recently posted up the review for Civilization Six a week ago, and one of the things this was not Civilization Six, but for Gathering Storm, the last expansion for Civ Six. And in multiple discussions, I had mentioned that, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if Rise and Fall, which was the first DLC expansion, whatever you want to call it, for Civ Six, actually finally made it to the iOS version of the game, which was basically, you know, for iPhone, iPads, and stuff like that. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So basically, Rise and Fall has been adapted or modified or ported over to the iOS so you can buy it and you can play the Rise and Fall version of Civ 6 which is a significant improvement over the base game just just like after you play Rise and Fall you cannot play the base game anymore so that's finally been ported over there's one problem it's 30 bucks oh god now, wow here's the thing on the app store the Yes, the full version of the game is more expensive. So Aspir is continuing with Fraxis thing about we'll give you premium games on your iPad. We will charge you for it. So the one thing is, is like, I think it was right around Christmas time. There was a thing where each day or every other day they gave away one of the DLCs, like one of the Civ packs for free. So if you were paying attention, you could have grabbed all of them on the iOS store that came with you know, after the base game came out on the PC, you could have grabbed everything for free, the sieves and the scenarios and everything like that. So that was cool. Now, this is $30 for somebody that wants a premium game, you know, with like no pay to win, no microtransactions, none of that stuff. This is this is a full version of the game. The only thing that I know that's missing are the animations and the leaders, which I find, I think it would like take up on most people's iPads 
if they had the full animations, I think it would just crush their iPads. So I understand why they did that, but I kind of miss it. Having said that, still $30. Wow. So I'm probably going to wait until Christmas time and see if they have a nice sale on it. Because if they have it for, you know, 10, 15, most likely 15 bucks. If they have 15 bucks, I will grab it and not think twice about it. So again, if you want to play a Civ 6, a premium Civ 6 game, like legit, like the full blown game with Rise and Fall, which unfortunately is one expansion or DLC or whatever you want to call it behind the PC version, you can do it on the iPad at the moment right now. And um, yeah, on the one hand, it's really cool. On the other hand, it's like, oh my God, are you guys kidding me? 30 bucks? But you know. Well, they were waiting on us to get our review finished so they could go ahead and put Rise and Fall up there. They're like, all right, Explorinate did their thing. We're ready to move on for the iOS. So we were holding them up. It was our fault. It was, it was. was But we also take credit for telling them that it's time to go ahead and do it, and they did it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They Actually, we get get a lot of requests for feedback from them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just like every day I get like, so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Every day. Yep, they're hitting us up. Sometimes they even answer them, you know, just to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to At The Gates. And uh, John Schaefer's At The Gates got a small update. This is version 1.2.1. And uh, this one involved a lot of bug fixes and improvements. Um, the game would crash sometimes when, you would, uh, when Romans would declare war on you. And this is a result of uh, the tweaks that have gone into the Romans here lately, uh, but that's been fixed. Uh, also, a little bit of rebalancing. The cost of the stone cutter has gone from 30 tools down to 20 tools, which is really good. That's that's much more doable. Uh, 30 tools was actually quite a bit, so 20 fo- tools sounds a lot more fair to me. And, uh, you know, some of the other minor bugs like uh, misplaced notifications and other things like that have been fixed. So the game has a full changelog in it. If you have the game, you can update it and check out the full changelog there. But bits of improvements to the bugs and to the UI and a little bit of rebalancing with the Romans and Stonecutters. So that's it. Uh, That's going to be it from Conifer Games for a little while. Uh, John's got some other business to attend to for the next few weeks, so he's going to be doing that. But um, if there do appear like major critical problems with the game, he has said he'll do a, a, an emergency patch for it. So, mm. But I don't think anybody's reported anything like that. So I wonder if he's going to be at Gamescom. Ah, uh, that could very well be it. That could so. very well be it. So he's over there in Europe now, so that'd be just a small, short, easy trip. Yeah, home, he so. moved to Sweden when he was, he did a stint at uh, Paradox for a bit, then he moved to Sweden, and then he really liked what he saw, and he decided to stay, so. Yeah, I have a buddy who's emigrated over to Sweden, and uh, he's really happy there. So, uh, John's not the only one. All right, very good. All right, well, moving on to the next news item, we have update one. Point one, no, one point three point two for Warhammer forty k Gladius Relics of War, and this is post Chaos DLC release. And this is not a particularly big update, but what they're doing is is they're taking feedback from the community and they're making adjustments to the balance of the various Chaos units, to the sizes, to cooldowns, you know, movement and things like that. There's also some additional uh, general fixes, which are um, 
like little UI tweaks to let you know when certain things are going on. For example, if you want to do something and your population is, uh, when your population exceeds what's available, like what you need is not enough for what you want. So it lets you know, things like that. And then uh, just additional bug fixes. Again, everything is based on feedback and communication with the community. So uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, the Chaos Space Marines are very well-received. Uh, we have a series currently ongoing that Dallin is putting up. So I think, um, ooh, like video four or five of the series is up. I'll, I'll have to check. Uh, we'll have a link for the playlist added to the notes. And i um, very excited. I'm curious what the next DLC is going to be to flesh out the 40K gameplay. That's either going to be the... What's your prediction? Um, because your predictions have been right on every time mm. so far so i'm really it's, interested in what you have to say I put, I, i'm putting pressure on you but you've been right I, now I twice so what would I they know. do well, next that's a tough one it's um i'm thinking most likely it's going to be the eldar oh that would be a good one yeah yeah because um yeah they're crucial again there's all kinds of stuff going on and there are all kinds of hints and it's not going to be i don't think any of the craft worlds i think it's going to be like pirates so maybe not even the Eldar, because essentially that gives us three major factions left, and then you can have all kinds of sub-factions. So right. we'll see. So, so it could be, you know, it could be one or the other, but it should be interesting. I, I mean, if they really want to go into it, if they're just, you know, they have like Craftworld Eldar, they have Exodites and things like that, it might even just, there's a lot of options there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there. But uh, yeah. That's a good prediction. That's a, I, I hope you're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that would be really cool. Uh, something else that's really cool is the new minor faction that Triumph introduced this week for Age of Wonders Planetfall. And Nate, you know, one of my biggest gripes about factions in 4X games that I've been banging on since 2015 is how every faction is more or less humanoid in shape. They've got arms and legs and a head and a torso, and they're all basically that. doesn't matter what planet they come from. Even aquatic species are more or less humanoid shape. And Age of Wonders Planetfall is giving us a minor faction that is absolutely not humanoid shape. The one they detailed this week is called The Growth, and it's a faction based on nature. Essentially, when the Star Union was expanding, they discovered the growth, and the growth is, it's called a symbiotic species, and what it will do is it will attach itself to the natural flora and fauna of a planet and help it to grow, reproduce, and mutate. And so the Star Union would use the growth to help terraform planets. They had to keep it in check. Because if you didn't keep the growth in check, it would take over the whole planet. Just grow around it, almost encase it, okay? So they would monitor the growth, they'd prune it back, and they would use it to help make planets habitable. Well, when the Star Union collapsed, the growth, <laughs> the, the growth went wild and uh, developed something called Mother Nodes. And Mother Nodes is essentially the natural evolution of the growth to where it gains sentience. Okay, uh, intelligence, self-awareness, personality, that sort of thing. And now it's spreading throughout the universe. So the growth 
is a minor faction you'll encounter in the game. And even though it is plant-based or uh, to a certain... like, There's two different sides of it, plant and animal. I believe the plant side is a bit more common than the animal side, although they're both going to be present. Uh, anyhow, diplomacy is possible with them because they have wants and needs just like any other organism. So you'll be able to bargain with them and recruit them to your side. Particularly if you play the Amazons, they have a bit more uh, of an advantage in recruiting the growth because they already have a plant-based unit within their tech tree. So that's basically the background of the growth. Now, I think the devs are also using the growth to introduce a little bit of humor to the game. For instance, one thing that it says here, <laughs> like one unit here is called the Cult of Sa Salad. And it says the thing that they fear most is vegetarians. And so <laughs> this is really funny. is those heathen vegetarians uh, among the uh, other factions that they fear most. So uh, the Amazons. Are, are the Amazons vegetarians? I don't know. I, I can't imagine the assembly would be vegetarian. No. No, oh, the Star the, Union. Divar, yeah. Right? So. So, yeah, that's true. The assembly would not. Um, anyhow, that's, I, I, th I think that's kind of the core, is they're using this very unusual faction to inject a little bit of humor. Not, not over the top. Not silly or goofy. Very subtle humor that I think people will appreciate as they go. So some of the, the units for our worky, worker bees and soldier bees, these are... Uh, growth mutated insects that help pollinate the plant-based life for the growth. Uh, they also have a couple other like mobile plant units that can move around. And one of the coolest ones is the flowering node. And the flowering node is a, uh, no, I take it back, the seed cluster. Let me make sure I get this right. Yes, the seed cluster. Sorry, that's the one I want to talk about. It is the only repeating artillery unit in the game. So if you can recruit the growth to your side, you're going to have a very unique unit. And so it can bombard over and over and over during battle. And that can be extremely valuable to you. So I think that's kind of like their 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 killer app or their 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 awesome unit that you get. They also have some other animal-based ones like an Arborean Sentinel and an Arborean Queen. Uh, the Queen sort of looks like a battle mech mixed with organic technology. So it looks like she has organic and inorganic parts and laser beams and things like that, uh, which is very cool. So <clears throat> their, their dwellings are usually in the jungle, but they can spread. They can spread during the game. And they can even... Uh, overtake hostile terrain terrain you wouldn't think they would normally be able to infect they can infect after all and i'm looking at what if you were to attack a mother node which is where the central hex would be for the the growth like city i guess you would say uh it's hard to call like a group of plants a city but let's go ahead and call it that uh so i'm looking here at what the battle background would look like and it's this huge plant in the back with all these beautiful colors and tendrils and spikes thorns and things and the divar are attacking it 
and it just looks awesome. Like the artwork here is fantastic. It's epic. It's absolutely epic. So uh, I think they nailed this, what they call an NPC faction. I call it a minor faction because I think that's more consistent with what other games call this sort of thing. Uh, but it looks really cool, really unique and different from what you would find in most other 4X games where everything is, I don't know, they take a book or a page out of the Star Trek book where they give aliens a different forehead and call it a day. So there you go, guys. I think that's our last faction before Planetfall launches because that's almost upon us. Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it's launching on August 6th, so it's... Uh in like a week and a half and from what i'm hearing from rob there's going to be a release day review for it too oh well good you have to check so, back to our site for that absolutely all right well moving on uh we have some interstellar space genesis news and first of all it's three pieces of news so the game is officially out and oliver managed to pull out a review last minute so that's up on the site uh linked in the notes check it out and um we're going to be working on the audible extension which is our podcast where we go we take a deep dive into the review itself and you know our thoughts after having played the game some and based on community stuff so that's probably going to be recorded in the next two three weeks is my guess and um okay so all right so they have they released an, a small update but or patch. But before I speak about the patch, I want to mention something else. So uh, Adam Solo, one of the lead devs for the game, uh, posted up this thing where if you want to buy the game directly from them, they get to keep. First of all, the game's thirty bucks, so the game is not ridiculously expensive. Second of all, um, you know the cut that Steam takes and publishers take, but if you buy it directly from them, they get to keep ninety-five percent of it. So that's going to be in the notes and. If you haven't bought it already and you've been considering it, you might want to take a look at that. My guess is when you buy directly from them, you still get a Steam key. So, Yeah, you get a Steam key and a DRM-free version of the game. Nice. So, uh, like you get to support the developer a bit more uh, where they get to keep 95% of the revenue instead of significantly less if you just buy it mm -hmm. on Steam. Mm -hmm. And then you get a DRM-free version as well. So I... You know, for those who um, hate that sort of thing, and we have a number of those people in our community, and I salute mm -hmm. them for their stance, uh, there's an opportunity for you to get this brand new 4X game uh, without digital rights management. All right, so let's jump into it. This patch is version 1.0.1, and the first thing is there should not be any compatibility issues from, from 1.0 saves. So if you have an existing save and you upgrade to the patch, your save should work. But if you do run into a problem, go ahead and get in touch with them and let them know because they're looking to see if there are any issues with that. But there shouldn't be. So the first thing that they worked on were had to do with AI and how the AI acts during war. So first of all, it's going to bring more forces offensively, especially on higher difficulty levels. So it's not going to be holding back. And second thing, um, in the past or prior to this patch, even if you were at war with the AI, it could make demands that you remove fleets from its system. Well, duh, aren't you at war? Wouldn't you want fleets in their systems because you're going to conquer them? So the AI asking you to remove them would be somewhat petulant of them. Very civ-like behavior. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. After they beg for peace, then they denounce you. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
So that's the first thing. Second thing is they're uh, doing additional UI and graphics changes, and that's based on feedback. Now, some of it is like straight up graphical, like cleaning things up, and other things are uh, movement of buttons in various screens, like to a more, I guess, sensical position. And then the majority of this fix are just lots and lots of bugs, be it typos or, you know, lockups or issues or glitches or whatever it is, you know, major or minor, like everything that's being reported to them, they're right on top of it. They're just hammering away. And, you know, you, you don't usually get stuff like that from big studios, you know. It's the small guys, the small groups that are really on top of the repairs and feedback. So it's really cool. It's, I'm happy that they're going. I mean, this these are the guys that came they started space sector they you know they know what it's about they're they're not a bunch of devs that are disconnected from the community that are out of touch with what's going on around they know exactly what's going on they participate online they're active they interact here there and everywhere else so good for them um check out our review we liked it generally speaking we saw a lot of good things as a master of ryan 2 successor type game it definitely does a lot of things interesting there. And one of the major issues that some people are experiencing have to do with like early game, just click, 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 next turn, next turn, next turn. But that's because people don't know yet like the intricacies of the tech tree about how you can di- like do a deep dive into the tech tree and then, you know, go through that and it opens up more options. So they're, they're going to be addressing that further. And Oliver talked about it in his review, and I'm sure he's going to talk about it further on the Audible extension because they got in touch with him and they, you know, told him a few things. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, you guys should probably have let more people know. So I think they're also going to release a video or two explaining it on their YouTube channel. So you might want to keep an eye out for that. And when we see those videos, um, We'll definitely retweet them so people can keep an eye on them. All right. Well, thank you, Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move on to an uncharacteristically short update from Alliance of the Sacred Sons. Uh, more or less, this is just a little bit of cleaning up from the last patch. Uh, we have some changes, rebalances, and bugs, bug fixes. So the the UI for the migration panel and for economics has been reworked a little bit. It's going to be much cleaner. You're going to be able to track where your populations are migrating to and from a lot better. Uh, For instance, they're introducing some color coding. Green is going to a planet. Red is leaving a planet. It's very intuitive. Um, And like I said, generally speaking, the UI is getting a bit of an update to better communicate information. Now, I heard a rumor also, and I can't confirm it at this point because I don't think it's up on their official site, but mm-hmm. there's a rumor going around, and I hope I don't ruin anything for the devs here, that Alliance of the Sacred Sons might be getting a publisher. So that would be uh, huge, absolutely huge news for that game if if that were to happen. And I would uh, congratulate the developer there. That would be um, quite an accomplishment in my opinion, that the game is good enough that a publisher wants to publish it. So anyway, uh, that's just a rumor for now. If we get official news on that, we'll report on it. And regardless, when we're, either way, we wish the developer the best of luck. Uh, he's stuck through a lot of hard times with this game. And uh, I think he's proved his mettle as a worker, as a developer, over and over. And uh, he's got the game slated for a Q1 launch next year. 
and I, I d- absolutely think he'll make that. So anyway, best absolutely. of luck to him. And it, uh, it's not a rumor that he's doing it. He is doing it. It's just he's like until the papers are fine, you know, everything's finalized, everything is signed, be it virtual paperwork or physical paperwork. He doesn't want to make that an official announcement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But unofficially, and I asked him, I'm like, hey, do you have like anything official with it? He goes, any day now it'll be done. But until then, yes, you can confirm this is happening. It's just once it's done, then I'll make it official, official. So that's definitely happening. So good for him. Really happy for him. All right. What we got next, Nate? Weren't you going to talk about our what is game of the week? Or is that going to be me? Um, I didn't see that on my list, but I could talk about it real quick. I'll talk about it. Oh, you want to talk about it? Go ahead. No, no. You <laughs> You want me to? Sure. I, I, uh, our what is game for this week is called Stronghold Warlords. And this is a game set um, in uh, Mongolia. This is uh, involving the great Khans and uh, uh, this sort of uh, period in history. So uh, in, in this game, what you do is you're going it, – it's – how would you consider I would consider this almost like a tower defense game. You're going to build uh, a stronghold or a castle, and then you're going to defend that against these invading armies. Okay, but it's not it's not just like a, a sword and shield game. Like this game also involves gunpowder siege weapons. So it's a bit it's a bit more advanced than mm-hmm. say something like. Um, as far as time period goes, then say something like Oriental Empires or uh, all those games that are coming out uh, right now they seem to be really popular. And of course, you know, naturally, this is uh, involving uh, Greater Mongolia is something that they also do. So anyway, in this game, uh, you're going to command warlords across battlefields and and unlock more powerful castle upgrades and armies, this sort of thing. Uh, The game claims to have uh, historical campaigns from uh, Mm -hmm. 3rd century B.C. in China. Were they using gunpowder siege weapons in B.C.? I don't know. That seems a bit inconsistent to me. No, no. That was... They had... They had gunpowder. Yeah, but it was much later. Yeah, so... If if they would have had gunpowder in third century, they could have just expanded east and just and west and just conquered the whole yeah, world. I wonder, ten times over. I wonder if that's a misprint. I wonder if that's a misprint I think somehow. So. Uh so I don't know about campaigns from the third century BC. I don't know about that one. But anyhow, uh that is the setting for the game. Um if you're interested in that uh the the Khans period of Mongolian history. You might really check this out. I, I think the graphics are really good. You look at the units, they're really detailed. I love the color scheme in this game. The colors really pop. Uh, the architecture seems historically correct to me. Uh, the siege engines were more correct for a gunpowder era for me. Um, I don't know. Again, the BC yeah. thing kind of no, me no, there, no, no, no. It was definitely AD. Yeah. I, I would and think it was, so. That's gotta it was be a prob- misprint. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't like Renaissance. It was before that. Well, it was yeah, probably yeah. The Chinese had it hundreds and hundreds. Seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred A.D. So it was even then. You know, they definitely could have conquered the world had they had that kind of an ambition. Yeah. If if they had, I I agree with you there. So anyway, 
This week's What Is Game is Stronghold Warlords. Check it out. Okay, so talking about another interesting news item. So we've started covering a little bit the top Steam sales for each month. And for June 2019, there isn't really, at least for me, anything particularly interesting there. There's not a single game there that is 4X or type of strategy that I personally play. And the only thing there that's even remotely interesting to me is Octopath Traveler. Because they're just, they are billions, which is, you know, a tower defense, it's zombie setting. It's I, I hear good things about it. Not my cup of tea. Still Division 2 is a pretty solid game. Again, not my cup of tea. Then they have... Uh, Did you see Cooking Simulator on there? Yeah, not my cup of tea. Not I mine either, but you want to know something interesting about that? Mm. The company that did Planar Conquest did a lot of work on that game. Which company? Wastelands Interactive was what? somehow involved with Cooking Simulator. Yeah. Oh, God. So uh, there's a lot of bugs in there. No, it's, it's actually done extremely it's well for itself. In fact, uh, there were 3,000 people playing it last month. Oh, okay. Well, again, not my cup of tea. I would have much preferred if they actually did a, ba- a better job on Planar Conquest. Yeah, and, <laughs> me too. Me too. I just, uh, yeah, and apparently they're coming out with a, a sequel called Bakery Simulator. Yeah, that you know, I can I can tell you honestly here that I don't care one iota, and that's never going to be a game that's going to get me interested in it. So I'm not a big uh, fan of all the Sims. You know, I think the Europeans yeah. love the Sims. Like, there's the famous one about the trains, where yeah, like yeah. all the <laughs> DLC adds up to over a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's kind of like the U.S. version of Flight Simulator. Yeah, something like it's that. Like it's just hyper realistic. Yeah, hyper accurate, and all of that to me is just absolutely amazing. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I have no intention of flying a plane or dry or or managing uh, train routes, piloting a plane or driving a train or engine or whatever. Tractors. Tractor Simulator is yeah. a big one. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, welcome back from your vacation, Joe. Good luck linking all these games we've been talking about. Oh, is he back? Uh, I think he will be for this episode. Oh, okay, nice, nice. <laughs> and if not, I'd take this one off too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, anyway, so that's it for those types of news items, and let's talk briefly about the July poll on the site, which had to do with the June Steam summer sale and basically it asked what our various members thought of the steam summer sale and the number one choice came in at 42 percent and it was basically a meh eh, whatever then right next to it was it was all right at 23 percent it was poop came in at 19 (laughs) percent and then there, there was uh, my, actually one of my favorite ones was there's a summer sale on was the 10 percent and then the people that thought it was amazing came in at six percent overall i think i i picked up a couple of games so i definitely picked up a bunch of games i was interested in like they had some really weird discounted prices so in my opinion if you're wanting these games your best bet is to wait for a publisher weekend or just you know, wait a year or two and then you'll get all this stuff on the cheap because Steam has not been on the ball with that at all the last maybe two years, year and a half. Yeah. Their sales have not impressed me. Well, I got to say, though, Mm. if around 30% of the people who took this poll, I didn't even know this poll was up, so I I didn't even take it. So 
My vote wasn't oh, on this one. Uh, but if around 30% thought this was a, a decent sale at least, I'd say that's a huge success for Steam. It's got to be one of the better ones we've had lately because normally it's like, man, well, since they changed the way the Steam sale works back in, what, mm. was it 16 or 17, something like that? 17, I think. Yeah, like prior to that, the Steam sale was amazing. Right. And we had really high numbers on this poll. And then right. since then, it's been really dismal. But if 30% found this sale useful, well, I, I'd say that's pretty good. If 30% of the users on Steam bought a thing, that's a whole lot of money. That's, an, that's a crazy amount of money. So I'd say 30% is a success. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's it for all the main news items. So, Troy, what have you been playing? Um... Let's see, this week I played some World of Tanks Blitz and some Thea 2. And this week my Blitz playing was probably greater than my Thea 2 playing. With Thea 2, you know, I beat the game. I unlocked the whole tech tree um, on for each of the different items. So, like, I haven't been as determined to complete my current game. I'm just kind of piddling at it. Uh, I do like the options that I unlocked with all the gob points I earned. That was pretty cool. Uh, it definitely makes, as you earn these, it makes the game more interesting to play. So I, I think Thea 2, like Thea 1, nailed unlocking things to keep the game fresh and interesting. I'm not sure mm. it has done it as successfully as the original Thea, or maybe because I played the original Thea mm. this time around, it's not quite as novel an idea to me, but I definitely mm. like the new cards that I've unlocked and I want to unlock more. I think it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I, th I think it's also a lot more interesting personally. Okay. You know what? Before I say anything else, do you have anything else you want to talk about or do I jump? In? Um, that is, no, I actually, the reason I mentioned Planar Conquest earlier is I played a little bit of that this week just mm. to go back to an old game that I really enjoyed. So that, that's it though. That's all I played. What did you want to say about Thea 2? So I've also, that's pretty much the, I'm playing that. A couple of other 4Xs I cannot talk about, and another one that I'm going to be writing the review on, hopefully continuing where I left off a while back. But mostly I played Thea 2 myself, and I'm also like, I've opened up all the gods. Oh, have and you? Now Congrats. I'm, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And now I'm um, opening up a lot of the higher point cards, and I've... <laughs> One thing I started doing is making sure that every one of my games has an elf kid in it at the start. And sometimes I have an orc kid. So I'm I'm going to try a game where I have just the two, like, the best possible kids and see if I can survive long enough for them to grow up and build a warband around them. But, yeah, I, I really like it. I like the changes. I mean, speaking of changes, I think two days after this goes up no not two days the next day so this goes up on wednesday which is the 31st so on august 1st they're releasing their first dlc for the game which is we talked about a week ago but it's going to be uh so you had asked a question where you were not sure if it was going to be free or not well one of the devs got in touch with me and told me hey all our dlcs are free ah, so good. it's it's going to be free they're going to continue with that so um we're late. We're late, late. I mean, Rob, since getting back into the mix, he's definitely more on the ball than I am. But I just, I don't have the time. 
I'm doing, you know, whatever spare time I manage, I'm trying to put as much as I can to explominate. So I'm hoping that by the end of August, I'll have my two last reviews that I've been working on. I'll have them up. So we'll we'll see how it goes if I get a chance. If not August, then probably by the Labor Day weekend, which is the first weekend of September. But I should have both of my reviews finished, edited and prepped, and we'll have them up. And I'm. it's safe to say that one of the reviews is really, really late. So I'm sorry to... Um, to Pavel, our buddy, the main dev for Aggressors Ancient Rome, but it's coming and it'll be legit. And you know, that's, that's all I can say. And then the other review also. So yeah, so I'm definitely and like in my Thea two playthrough, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to be posting up. Like I, I stay offline with a little bit. I get a chance to play. I stay offline because I don't want my save to be overwritten with a new update where i can't play it so once i go online with my gaming rig i'll post up a couple of pictures and uh, a couple of weeks ago i had the first time i've ever had a kid an orc kid grow up into a matriarch an orc matriarch and that was just an amazing unit that was just awesome and this is and in my current game i have an elf kid that grew up to be a warrior and i had another elf kid that was so close to becoming a druid or a mage, but I just, I didn't want to keep saves coming to see if I can land this new <laughs> unit. I, yeah, I, don't, you I hear can do you. That. I hear you. I, I don't like doing that because, and I know how small the odds are, but just one try and my elf kid. So in my current game, my chosen is an elf. Oh, then, wow. Really? Yeah. Well, that's because I told you I, I opened up the elf child and I think that's like a four point unit. So you actually need to use up four points for this kid. So I and I'm playing on hard difficulty. So I started with like with a kid and a scavenger, which I think it was a scavenger, which came with a rat. So I didn't have like the two kids, but it was it was a really rough start. But like once my warband got up and going, it's doing good. So then when I got another elf, it was another kid that grew up, and then both my elves, you know, did their thing, and now their child grew up, and their child. So the first time. It's ever happened to me where an elf grew up that wasn't a gatherer or a craftsman. It was a warrior. And it's really cool. I have never seen this picture before. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool. So, and I have, as usual, I have my orc. And there's like these all these really, really cool events and event chains in Thea. So, just got to give props to Mila for her writing. And there are quite a few interesting Kickstarter quests in there that I'm starting to find. So, you know, props to the Kickstarters. So, anyways, myself included, though I didn't do a quest. I have a character in the game. That's about me. All right. So maybe um, anything else? Uh, no, just uh, as usual, a huge thank you to our patrons. You all make this possible. So thank you very much. Uh, Rob has been given some keys away to our patrons who joined our exemplary fans on the Discord channel. So, you know, keep an eye out there. I think on the first or something like either on the first or on the sixth, he's going to give out a key for Planifall. Age of Wonders Planifall, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, if you want access to all these things, you know, just support us. Just a couple of bucks is enough to get you into the, you know, into the group of people that get this stuff. And then um, we have the review for Interstellar Space Genesis on the side. Uh, Rob has, uh, like, a first-look series on Age of Wonders Planifall. Dallin is doing for the Chaos Faction for Gladius. So we got a bunch of different things going, and I'm working on a couple of reviews, and um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We'll have a new poll up, so by the time, like a day after you hear the show, we'll have a new poll up. And one more thing, I think we figured out the issues we've been having with our host for the podcast, but if you're not, so 
I post it at such a time that it's available usually on Wednesday for most of the people in Europe and in the East Coast and as, as early as late Tuesday night for people on the West Coast. So if you don't see it become available to you or if it's like, you know, half day, like noon or whatever, and it's not up yet, please let us know because we're trying to resolve this. this is, I think it goes as far as Germany, past Germany and the time zones, then it's going to be past noon. So like one or whatnot. But uh, I think that's, oh, yes, one more thing. So you won't hear it just yet. But by the time that you hear this podcast, we would have recorded the Audible extension for Civilization's sixth Gathering Storm. So stay tuned. That's coming. It's, it's a good show. And uh, that's it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Nate. We'd like to thank everyone for being with us this week. We really enjoyed having you with us on the weekly exchange. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.